Howdy. Hello. You know what I've been wondering about? What's that? Cancel culture. This is episode number 37. Hey, it's Vin. Where you been? I missed you. I'm glad you made it back. So don't go anywhere. It's about to get real in here. So just lay back and chill. Get naked even and cleanse your mind, body, and soul for the next 17 minutes. Here are your hosts, LaFool and A. You know what? We've been canceling each other for years. I read somebody who pointed out that they had come up as a conservative Christian in the 80s and 90s. And they were like, we were canceling people back then. If Amy Grant seemed to go off the rails, we just canceled her. We stopped listening to her. According to this person, her religion, and I don't know that she said what religion she had been, but basically anybody who didn't believe the way that her church believed, they were just canceled. You didn't talk to them. You didn't make friends with them. You stopped listening to their music. Some people stopped going to the church when the pastor changed and you didn't think that the pastor was on the right track and you canceled the pastor. I'm sure we've been doing it in other ways for hundreds of years. We just don't call it cancel culture. But right now, it's completely off the rails. Everybody wants to own it. Everybody wants to be mad. Nobody wants to be responsible. And it's being used as a sledgehammer. A sledgehammer in what sense? If you say the wrong thing to a social justice warrior, they're going to come down on you so hard and tell you you need to go and rethink your entire life. They tried to cancel Eminem. That didn't work out very good for him. (laughs) What happened to Eminem? He put out a song called Tone Deaf in response to cancel culture. He basically tell them that they can screw off, you know, cancel culture. He basically canceled them. He's an artist. His purpose is to make people question and think about it. Cancel culture... It's one of these new trigger words. Yeah. You know, it's been around for a long time and people have been doing it forever. The left started using it, so then the right took a hold of it, and the right wants to reject it. Canceling cancel culture is an oxymoron. You morons. <laughs> can't call them morons, can call them dumbasses. <laughs> like I think Trump at the CPAC said, Yeah, we're gonna cancel cancel culture. <laughs> that imbecile would say something like that. He doesn't even get what he just said. Like, did you really say that? Actually, I think he gets what he says. You and I have had this conversation a couple of times where I'm on one side of the fence or the other that he's an absolute genius or he's an absolute idiot. And I'm back to he's a genius because he listens to people who tell him exactly how to control the masses. Because you've just got to give people something that they think that they can do, right? Like, I can cancel cancel culture. Send them off as your little troops and let them do whatever. I've never thought that Trump was a genius. Okay. I think that he's an actual imbecile as far as what the term imbecile means, like IQ level. (laughs) I think that he spent years cheating as best as he can to get his IQ score higher. His dad thought it was so important, and he took it and found his son is an actual imbecile, which means he has IQ less than 70. (laughs) Moron is 70. So if you're a moron, you're doing okay. (laughs) He can't even call himself a moron. He was an actual imbecile. I'm going to read from Wikipedia. Okay. The term imbecile was once used by psychiatrists. To denote a category of people with moderate to severe intellectual disability 
as well as a type of criminal. Right. Petty little criminal. You're saying that the Trump senior realized his son was an imbecile early on. Yeah, in the 50s, he's like, this kid's an imbecile. Because he took the test and came back at spread in all the neighborhoods like, he's an actual imbecile. They didn't have neighbors, did they? Weren't they super rich? They wouldn't have had neighbors. His dad was very much involved in the community. He's nothing like his dad. His dad was like smart. His grandfather was smart. Okay. So they expected him to be smart. They were still Nazis though, weren't they? I don't think they were Nazis. I think that they were old-fashioned Americans, old-fashioned Europeans. They were nationalists. Oh, okay. They came to America and they supported white supremacy. You know, why would they not? That's what all the friends around them were. They were just part of the in crowd. So what's the difference between a Nazi and a white supremacist? We can kill Nazis, we can't kill white supremacists, technically, if you understand by the military terminology. We fought a war against the Nazis. Unfortunately, white supremacy has been part of America since its founding. I mean, I'm kind of joking around a little bit, but on a more serious note, there are technical differences between white supremacists and Nazis. As good Americans, we're not supposed to tolerate fascism and Nazis. Right. But there's a lot of Americans, their great-grandfathers were racist. Some of their family owned slaves, and it's hard to let that go. And we just don't want to do enough education to really kind of get rid of white supremacy in America. Is there any nation that has had specifically a white supremacist problem overcome it? I realize that that leaves out a lot of nations where there isn't necessarily a white supremacist problem, but Americans probably will have an easier time understanding if we talk about Germany or Italy or Russia or England. You got to ask yourself, why does America understand that? Because most of American roots come from Europe. That's what the Gilded Age was all about. Poor Europeans fleeing the hatred that they're getting there from nationalism, for whatever reasons, to coming to America. But over the course of time, they all kind of came to the conclusion, hey, you know, it's us against the Native Americans here. Mm. And then on a new level, it's like us against these Blacks who now want to have their rights. That's what bound them all together, you know, with the one common denominator is the color of our skin. Yeah, Nationalism isn't just bound to Europe. China has a very bad case of nationalism. Japan, it's the same way. Japan used to look down on Koreans. Yeah, they still do. Go to Africa, and Africa is still based upon tribalism. Different tribes go to war over the silliest, well, what we call silly, but to them it's very deep. The Hutu and the Tutsis and the Twa, the Hutu were told by the French, they think they're better than you, you should kill them, mm. and we're going to help you. And it all goes back even further. Go look at India. Built up in a class system which they still struggle with. That classism says that if you're lighter, you're better. If you're darker, you're untouchable. You know, and that's kind of what America accepts. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of people that have come from India over here and they're like, okay, we knew it was bad in our country, but the way that you guys treat blacks is way worse than we treat untouchables. That's too bad. You know, this is back in the 50s and, and I don't think this really changed that much. People want to think, oh, racism is dead in America. Racism is alive and kicking. Trump just proved that. We're in a place that until we accept it and acknowledge it and face it, we're never going to overcome it. It's just more obvious from European perspective than it is from the rest of the world. Well, then let me broaden the question. Is there any nation or group that has somehow overcome a sense of nationalism, whether it has to do with the color of someone's skin or their tribe, maybe just have a different tribe location and name. The first place that comes to mind is Rwanda, where they're really trying. I was in Rwanda for a while working with the military. One of the guys in my group thought it was funny. He would go up and ask guys, Hutu, Tutsi, or Twa? 
And he would say, let me, let me see your card. I didn't thought about it. I was just kind of like standing there listening to him. I didn't tell him to do shut up or anything like that. One day someone pulls aside and says, hey guys, you can't do that. And they try to explain it to him. They go, that's what the French used to do. This is what the Belgians used to do to us. And then they would actually make us show them their cards. Mm. That's a racist overtone, which my friend never thought about. He never, ever realized that he was being racist. Today in Rwanda, when they say, hey, what's your nationality? They go, I'm Rwandan. They don't really want to get into Hutu, Tutsi, or Twa. And in Europe, I think Europe is trying to overcome that. I think it's very difficult. I mean, I, I wouldn't know who has overcome it. I mean, even look with Russia. Russia has Nalinsky, who is trying to unseat Putin and his puppets. Mm. But Nalinsky is still a nationalist. You know, he says some things that are horrible about immigrants. And he's the good guy. <laughs> he's, he's the good one. So I don't know. In my opinion, if we find out there's life on Mars and they pop up and come back here, there's no guarantee that we're all going to be united against the Martians. You don't think so? No, I think with that jacked up, that will still divide. Africans will say, you should get rid of those Americans. They're bad news. Get rid of the Mzungu. You can take Mzungu with you. (laughs) I think we would all split up and try to make sure that we all side with the Martians. I mean, look at the Church of Scientology. Their idea of Xenu is he's a lizard god that's going to come back to Earth someday. And they're like, we need to make sure that we are in with Z, all right? Or X, whatever it's called. We don't want to be under the bottom of this. We're going to be on top of it. How did humans ever survive? I'm laughing, but it's also really tragic that we've been here as long as we have and that we still have these, I don't know what else to call it, but really weird, petty differences where we see each other as separate and we're trying to maintain that separateness. Yeah. Right? Like, what good does it do for me to try to maintain my identity as a white female? I mean, I haven't been a white female. I can't really tell you that part. At least not in this life. I mean, don't you believe in past lives? That's another whole topic, which we can venture down that road. (laughs) We literally started out talking about cancel culture and then talking about Nazis versus white supremacy and then talking about Xenu coming back and taking over the race and the groups are going to stick with him. (laughs) What was the question? The last one? I'll answer that real quick. Uh, Don't you believe in reincarnation? Next time, we'll talk about reincarnation. But what I believe is what Prince said. Prince said it best. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get this thing called life. And in electric word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there is something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day, and night. I believe that there is the afterworld, a world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun day and night. And that could also be hollow earth, but that's a different story altogether. <laughs> we'll talk more about this later. Oh, no. <laughs> Should we talk about Joe Rogan just to round things out? Sure, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I haven't watched as much Joe Rogan as I used to. I used to listen to his show every single day. I had a little timer set, and when the buzzer went off, I would stop put it on and watch it. So why haven't you been watching him? Um, I, I think the world kind of changed. Like my schedule has been a little bit off more. I haven't seen three full episodes since he's been on Spotify. Mm. And that would be a statistic that they should run. I'm sure he's gotten more viewership. He doesn't need mine and the other half million people they probably lost. 
but I wonder how many stop watching once it changed to Spotify. It shows me how in little ruts we get. Like I was in my little YouTube rut. Oh, you know what stops me every time? I go to watch on Spotify and it says download. Yeah. And I don't download it. I have it on my phone, but I don't want to download it on my computer. And so I just don't download the app. I only watch the clips, Jordan clips. Oh, yeah. On YouTube. I've seen maybe three full episodes, but I watched it on my phone. And Joe's even like, hey, guys, you can watch the show for free. Over here is for free. And it doesn't matter. Hmm. I think a lot of the old JRE fan base hasn't tuned in to Spotify. I'd be curious to know about that. I wonder. I wonder if that's happening. So I haven't watched a lot of JRE lately, but maybe I will. Maybe just because you mentioned it now. I'm going to watch the next one that comes out on my phone complete. <laughs> it just seems like I had more time before, like what I was doing. Like I, I just don't have as much time, it seems, these these days. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen any JREs at all since Molly Cyrus? I have not watched it like you. I haven't watched a complete episode. I just watch the clips and then... If there's a clip with someone who's talking about something that's really interesting to me, then I will go try to find the longer form of that. Mm-hmm. But like you, I'm just like, I don't want to have to go and deal with Spotify right now. I'll do that later. And then I just never do it. It's like an extra door you have to go to and you're just like, I don't want to bother. Yeah. Stop making me go through doors. And again, like, I wonder how much of that having to go through doors is just yet another way where we're dealing with surveillance capitalism. Why is Spotify acquiring some of these top entertainers or top YouTube entertainers, right? What good does it do them to pay him as much money as they're paying him unless they're scraping the data and they're using it for something? That's a very good point. Right. I'm trying to limit what I download. We are way off the track because I really still want to talk about cancel culture. So we get to talk about that again in the future sorry no it's, it's okay because all this ties together it's like we went full circle on this because this surveillance capitalism is becoming a problem i know we talked about uh that video what was your name began with a z the lady oh uh oh man now of course she's gonna jump out of my head give me a second um harvard professor shoshana zuboff some of the things that she said like uh, i think she said that one of the car companies uh, gm she was talking about Ford, I think. Was it Ford? They were like looking at, we shouldn't worry about making this car. We can create this app and put it in everybody's phone and take all that data. And that's well worth investors to invest in us for just that. For example, she mentioned the Google phone. I almost got a Google phone. You know that? I'm so glad that I didn't. I would have smashed that the second I saw that. My third one is on its way. Did you not see what she said about the Google phone? Yes, I did. But here's the deal. It's the same with your iPhone. It's the same with anything. Everybody's grabbing your data. I like how the Pixel works. I don't use it like any of the Siri stuff or any of the extra tools that they try to get you to use so they can collect more data. Not that that's preventing them from collecting data about me, but I just liked it better than the iPhone because I had had an iPhone for a long time and I switched over. Yeah, that's another whole argument. They're all doing the same thing. Your behavioral data is way more valuable to them than any of your non-behavioral data. They all have different ways of gathering it and reselling it to whoever needs it or wants it. I don't see the Google phone as more evil than the iPhone. Okay, well, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that note because the next thing we should talk about is Satan. 
Okay. <laughs> Talk about Satan. Bye. Ciao. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.